This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Judge Jeanine Pirro. She's the outspoken host. Judge Jeanine Pirro is dominating the headlines right now. This is the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Sunday Morning Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Puro. Welcome, everyone, to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. It is Sunday morning. It is a great day here in New York City. It's a great day in America. And as always, we are armed and ready to serve justice with all my great listeners here on the Red Apple Audio Network. There is so much that happened this week. Uh, you know, we had the Iowa caucus, and for the first time in American history, a candidate got over 50% uh, in, uh, in Iowa. That candidate, of course, being former President Donald Trump, the left making, uh, uh, laughing about it, saying it's no big deal. It is a big deal, folks. I'm telling you it is. He he beat he beat everyone in history with over 50% in Iowa. We've got Laura Trump today. She's going to be talking about that. And uh, uh, along with uh, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis and where they are in the scheme of things. And also this week, uh, we've got uh, people in Washington grateful that it's snowing. You know why? It's slowing down the carjackers. Just to let you know where we are with crime in America, we have to thank Mother Nature for helping us fight crime. If that isn't sad, I don't know what is. And, of course, we're going to be speaking with Steve Razor today. He is the attorney for Danny Penny, the Marine on that uh, locked moving subway car who put uh, Jordan Neely in a chokehold and now, as a result of that, is charged with criminally negligent homicide along with manslaughter by uh, Alvin Bragg, the liberal DA uh, in New York City in Manhattan. A judge has refused to dismiss the indictment and... And right now, uh, it looks like that case is going to trial in September. We're going to hear from Steve Razor. What are they going to do? How are they going to defend this case? And what he thinks their chances are of winning. And the Houthis, that's a ragtag group that apparently is more than a ragtag group. They're really hurting us. Uh, and they, we hit back at them. And they are not at all intimidated by us. What a shock. Uh, so you're going to hear from General Keith Kellogg on the Houthis, who they are. They're not yet a foreign terrorist organization. The Biden administration took that uh, uh, down, took that term uh, as it relates to them down. Who knows why? Uh, not very smart. But we've got three great guests today. It's all coming up in just a few moments here on the Red Apple Audio Network. And never forget, that's the commitment we made on 9-11. Honor it by donating $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. 
And up next here on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will be speaking with General Keith Kellogg. It's all coming up right here on the Red Apple Audio Network. This is the Judge Jeanine Show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is the Janine Bureau Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Bureau. Joining us now is an attorney representing Marine Danny Penny. Please join me in welcoming Steve Razor to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Okay, everybody. Steve Razor um, is a founding partner of the law firm Razor and Kniff. Uh, and their uh, area of practice is criminal defense and civil rights litigation. Uh, the reason that uh, I, I bring that up is because these two guys are outstanding attorneys and they have one of the most important cases right now in uh, New York history. Uh, I don't, you probably don't remember the Bernie Getz case from many years ago. Uh, but this is another example of a, a seminal moment in criminal justice in New York City, impacting not just New York City, but all of America, where an individual, a Marine, Danny Penny, who served, uh, with honor, uh, in the Marines, uh, assisted others on a, an underground subway car, as you, I'm sure, recall, uh, to prevent a uh, an individual who was homeless and threatening, uh, and most people on that subway car thought he was threatening to kill them. Uh, he has since been charged with manslaughter and criminally negligent homicide. And this week, uh, a judge heard argument from Steve Razor and Tom Kniff regarding the dismissal of the indictment uh, against Danny Penny based on what, Stephen Razor? Well, we asked for a dismissal of the charges because the evidence just wasn't sufficient to uphold the charges. Um, you know, interestingly, uh, even uh, the the attorney for Jordan Neely's family had at one point come out and voiced his concerns in regards to our motion that we filed because there was legitimate points there. He feared that the um, that the indictment would be dismissed, and rightfully so. The judge didn't go that far. And understandably so, because very, very few indictments are ever dismissed on motion. But if there was ever going to be one, we felt very confident this fell into that category. Well, you know what's interesting, Stephen Razor, uh, attorney for Danny Penny, uh, is that judges are loath to uh, throw out an indictment. But I suspect that you put in uh, a great deal of evidence and give us an idea of why thought the indictment should have been dismissed well you know a lot of it goes to the whole idea of what recklessness is what criminal negligence is you need to have understood the person in in this case danny needed to understand that he was risking the life of jordan neely by putting him in the particular hold that he did but the evidence just didn't support that 
The evidence showed that Danny was trained that the hold that he used was non-lethal. Um, his own trainer, the the individual who trained Danny in the Marines, in the Marines, very important. Yes. Sorry, Steve, I'm sorry. No. I want to I want to no. emphasize this. He got no. this training in the Marines and was told that this was non-lethal. He was told the way in which he was trained to apply it was as a non-lethal hold, as a way to control individuals who are out of control. Uh, so it was he wasn't even trained how to kill somebody by performing this hold. And just to go a little further, that's Danny's training. Danny's trainer, uh, who trained Danny and many other Marines under him, serving under him, um, that sergeant came into the grand jury and testified that not only did he train Danny that way, as he wow. did every other Marine, wow. he also viewed the video that showed the way in which Danny was actually applying real time this hold. And this sergeant said he was not applying it in a way that he could have possibly foreseen that this guy was going to die. What he said is that Danny was actually protecting him not applying a lot of pressure and more holding him in place, which is precisely what Danny said happened. All right. Let's talk about the fact that Daniel Penny, uh, again, charged with criminal homicide and manslaughter, was assisted uh, in the hold of uh, Jordan Neely, the homeless man, um, by other people from the subway car. He didn't just do this alone. There are other people holding him down. Is that is that accurate? Right. I mean, that shows you real time. These are two more individuals that were scared of Jordan Neely and got up to help Danny restrain him. The threat was Jordan Neely. When Danny got up to protect the other riders, uh, they were helping Danny, in essence, at, at, to protect the other riders, but to protect Danny, too, because the fear was that Jordan Neely was going to break out of that hold and get up and harm Danny. So mm -hmm. they were there to try and continue to restrain him to make sure that that didn't happen. And I understand, uh, based upon the motion that you guys submitted, that there were several people in the subway car, and I think we heard this right in the beginning, uh, that felt that their lives were in danger based upon the behavior of uh, Jordan Neely, the deceased in this case. Is that accurate? Right, and that's a, that's a very important point here because the, the riders that testified, many of which had stated that it wasn't merely a fear that Jordan Neely was going to hurt them. They were afraid they were going to die. This guy was threatening violence. He was threatening to kill people. And right. these riders believed him, as mm -hmm. did Danny. They believed he was going to follow through on his threats. Danny stepped in and saved their lives. And I think it's important to also note here, I, I think we have to somehow try and change the way we look at this case this guy was, was threatening to kill people. He was acting as if he was crazy. He was high on drugs. There were drugs found in his system. Um, that this guy was going to kill somebody, Danny had to take him down to protect everybody. And sometimes when there's struggles, life and death struggles like that, people get mm -hmm. hurt. You know, and that's a risk that we take when we protect other people and we have to use force to restrain someone. Jordan yes. Neely's death could not be foreseen, but it did happen. That doesn't make Danny a criminal. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I suspect that uh, the people on that subway car that was moving, locked, 
underground, uh, you know, felt that they couldn't even run away from him. You know, Steve, right. there are so many pieces to this thing, Steve Razor, uh, that, you know, militate uh, against the thought that, you know, Danny Penny was doing anything, you know, in any way criminal. I mean, these people were afraid uh, and they try to show Jordan Neely as, oh, he's a former Michael Jackson impersonator. Tell us about him. What was his record? Jordan Neely. We had uh, over 40 arrests, and uh, some of which were violent uh, arrests, actually. One in which it's just uh, mentionable is that he had assaulted a, a woman in her 60s and uh, had uh, broken her jaw, uh, I believe, and or, or fractured her orbital. I mean, it's a vicious assault. I mean, this guy was a dangerous person. When Danny identified this guy as, you know, following through on his threats, to mm-hmm. kill somebody when he said he would kill somebody? Danny was right. It, the, the proof is there that Jordan Neely was that guy that Danny thought he was. He he believed he was going to follow through, and Jordan Neely was exactly that person that would. Yep, yep. I got to tell you, uh, this this case, Steve Razor, the uh, Danny Penny case, uh, it's one of those seminal cases that, uh, you know, kind of set the tone. America right now is, uh, most Americans, uh, I don't know about those on the left, are fearful of crime. They know that starting with the George Floyd case, that it was, it's about defunding the police, tying the police's hands behind their back. It's about the reduction in police department numbers, the uh, extremely long response times, 911. Uh, people are, and then if, if you arrest someone, uh, you know, they get released immediately. Uh, people are afraid now. How do you think this case feeds into that whole psyche? And what do you think a jury is going to do with this case? Well, I mean, as far as the, the psyche, I mean, look, when you talk about the police response time, and let's not forget, like, the tone was set when uh, police started to become afraid to even make arrests or even put their hands on people because they were afraid there were going to be accusations. And they did pull back, and the enforcement is not as aggressive anymore. Uh, so w- what it leaves the people to feel like is, uh, okay, well, to some extent, we're kind of on our own. You know, like we, we're, we're, the police aren't going to be standing there. And when, even when they are, they're sometimes afraid to act. So mm-hmm. there, there's that idea that you know, we're, we're kind of in this together, right? So the police aren't going to solve all of our problems and we got to kind of take care of each other. In comes Danny, who does precisely that. And he takes, he takes that step. He endangers his own life by yes. stepping in. He could have been killed. People forget that. Danny, Danny took down Jordan Neely. He was not a small guy, by the way. Um, he, was, he was basically the same height as Danny, and he was uh, described as muscular. He was a thin build, but muscularly built. How tall? Um, how tall is Danny? How tall is he? he do you know? Danny is six two, and um, and Neely yeah. was approximately the same height. He was, he was yeah. approximately six two. You know, mm-hmm. so when Danny did that, he was taking his own life. Um, you know, he's putting his own Risking. life at risk. Yeah. Yep. So now what we're doing is we're telling people it, when you do have that special person with you that will stand up and put his life at risk for you, um, society is now telling that guy sit down. You know, don't worry, because, you know, Jordan Neely's not going to go after you, Danny. So you just sit there and watch somebody else get yeah, hurt. That's the message. Now we have to be fearful that not only aren't the police going to get there quickly, but nobody else is going to help you. If you get targeted for whatever reason, you're on your own. Right, right. Yeah. That... And I'm sorry, Judge, you had, met, you had asked about the jury, too. What's a jury going to do with this case? Well, um, no, you know what? Before I get to that, I mean. Okay. Of us have a crystal ball, Steve, but sure. Steve Razor. Um, but but 
when you argue to the jury, I mean, you're going to be in front of a Manhattan jury, correct? Right. Correct. They're right. And uh, I suspect that most of those people have ridden the subway and know what it's like. That's an advantage for you. Yes. Right. I mean, and, and that's really, um, I guess what you could say, evens the playing field, because yes. to some extent, you know, a Manhattan jury tends to be of very course, liberal. Right. Yep. Yeah, very, yep. And, yeah. So very liberal. Um, so but yet you you kind of mix that in where these people have real life experiences with crime and threats and the subway system and, and how, how scary things can be for people. So, yes. And, and some of the grand jurors to some of those passengers, I'm sorry, the grand jurors, some of the pastors that testified at the grand jury. Yeah. had that experience and they knew that this was different so when you get wow. on there who has that kind, yeah they and this is people uh, decades riding the subway this case was different wow um, and the people that we're going to be looking for to serve on this jury are going to have that kind of experience and they're going to know what it's like to be afraid when that door closes because like you said judge that door closes. You don't get to just walk away. You're not in the middle of Times Square. You don't get to look the other way and just walk faster. You're stuck and you got to wait for the next stop. And sometimes it's that's too long. You just gave me chills. I got to tell you, the, the idea that people who've ridden this subway for decades knew that this was just a different situation that right. you know what it is it is i'll tell you steve razor it is a compelling case it is a, it's a seminal case it's a very important case it will speak to where we are and i know manhattan is liberal manhattan is democrat and you know you've got you, you've got Al Sharpton out there saying, you know, Jordan Neely was just a Michael Jackson impersonator. No, Jordan Neely was a guy arrested 40 times. He was on a list because he was homeless to be as one of the I recall this as one of the people desperately in need of help, whatever. Right. He had drugs in his system. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. By, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say on that point, Judge, by the way, um, that whole idea that he's the Michael Jackson impersonator, that's in his past. That's yeah, he was young. He, he was a kid. Right, yep. right. Not right. even applicable now. That's not who he is. You know, when this happened, That he was no longer that. And it's very important because even when I read about it now, they'll say former Michael. J and I'm like, wait a minute. That was before 40 arrests, 40 assaults, 40 violent crime. Not all of them violent, obviously. Uh, but it really is. It's a case where, you know, it's a tremendous. Uh, it's 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 a lot of pressure on you, Steve well, and yeah, Tom. Yeah, well, <laughs> right, right. No, it, it definitely is. But, you know, when you have such a good client and you're standing up for something that's so important to all New Yorkers and in truth, you know, everybody who lives in a major city that we can get together and say, you know what? The world is not perfect. We have to stand up for each other. And when you do, you're going to get the support of your fellow New Yorker, your fellow American. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, Steve Razor uh, and Tom Kniff, both of you, I mean, I can't think of better attorneys to handle this case, to articulate the issues. When do you think the case is going to go to trial? Um, well, right now we're looking at um, the fall. Uh, mm -hmm. So most likely September, October, it is possible it could happen over the summer. But, um, you know, Danny is in school and we want to try and be respectful of that. So we want to make sure that we can work around that uh, to the extent possible. We want him to continue to live his life as all this is going on. But yeah. the last conference that we just had in court, we uh, we talked about a fall um uh, trial date. All right. Well, uh, give him our regards, and uh, it's got to be a, a heavy burden on him. 
Uh, the guy stood up. He was a good Samaritan. He didn't have to do it. And uh, look at where he is now. Anyway, Steve right. Razor, thanks so much for joining us. And we look Thank forward you. to talking to you before the trial. Take care. That's great. Thank you. Bye. You're welcome. All right. And and by the way, folks, Steve Razor served in the office of the staff judge advocate defending soldiers from actions instituted by the federal government, making probable cause determinations for the command and assisting in the training of Iraqi soldiers in legal proceedings. Uh, he he earned a Global War on Terrorism Expeditionary Medal for Meritorious Service in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom and the Army Commendation Medal for Exceptional Meritorious Service during Combat Operations. Uh, he is, uh, along with Tom Kniff, very talented attorneys. I'm very, very proud to have him on the show. This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is a powerhouse in her own right. She is the daughter-in-law to former President Donald Trump, a television personality. She has her own podcast called The Right View. Laura Trump, why do you call it The Right View? <laughs> because... This is actually the view you should have been watching on. It's 180 degrees in the opposite direction of the view you're familiar with. See what we did there, Janine. Yeah, well, I got to tell you that uh, you are really hitting it hard for the former president. You have been. You've always been someone who is a believer. And uh, I think America is starting to believe with you that former President Trump will be the 47th president of the United States. But let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, we've got uh, incredible numbers coming out of Iowa. Uh, historic, more than 50 percent, uh, the first time ever in the Iowa caucus are uh, right now. Uh, the former president, Donald Trump, is beating uh, Haley and DeSantis is not even anywhere in New Hampshire. And uh, he's also projected to beat Haley in South Carolina, her own state. So why is this woman still in the race? I mean, it is a good question. Honestly, why either of them are still in the race? We, we know that they're running out of money. Uh, they know that they don't have a shot, either of them, DeSantis or Haley at becoming the nominee on the Republican side for president. I think everyone knows at this point, it's Donald Trump. If you had any question, man, <laughs> Iowa should have settled it for you. You know, mm-hmm. Janine, the, the, the largest margin of victory ever in the Iowa caucuses was 12.8%, and Donald Trump won it by 30-plus percentage points this, this go-around, over 50% of the vote. Um, but, you know, I, I assume that Haley's in and DeSantis is in because they have some donors who right. are saying, well, stick it out, we'll see. The truth is, it's time to rally around the Republican nominee. It's time to pull all of our resources together and fight against these disgusting people in Washington, D.C., the swamp, the Democrats. We've got to get Joe Biden out, although I don't think Joe Biden is making it to November 5th. I think they're going to plug yep. somebody else in his spot. I agree. Uh, let's all go together and fight against that. Yeah, but, crazy. But, Laura, you see the... Republicans are not like the Democrats. The Democrats circle the wagons. They and they'll circle it around a guy who is like cognitively declined. He can't, as you, as the former President Trump said, he can't put two sentences together. And they want to say, you know, he's great. He's this. He's that. I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. But interesting, Jamie Dimon came out the other day and said, well, you know. Uh, 
Trump was kind of right about everything from uh, immigration to uh, tax reform to the market. Uh, and, uh, you know, he was giving him a lot of kudos, which is kind of surprising from Jamie Dimon. What, and, and now I hear Ken Langone is holding back on money for Nikki Haley until she gets through the next primary. I don't know whether that's true or not true, but everybody's really starting to feel it now. And as they do, the Democrats are ramping up. He's Hitler. He's a threat to democracy. I mean, every time I hear that, I want to pull the hair out of my head. What, what, what's your reaction? Yeah, I mean, this is their standard play. You see what the Democrats are are trying to run on. It is that they have to stop the, quote, ultra MAGA in this country. Well, what does that mean? What are they even talking about? If you you are a MAGA person, you consider yourself a person who believes in that, you're a patriot. You're a person who pays taxes. You're a person who follows the law, who believes in our military and our law enforcement and loves this country, doesn't want to see it destroyed by millions and millions of people pouring over our southern border, breaking our laws, coming here illegally, not paying into the system, who tax every single system that we have in this country. You don't want to see it destroyed by overseas wars and the verge of World War III here. Inflation sky high. You know, an energy policy that makes sense. What MAGA means, we want to get back to some common sense and decency in this country. And so the Democrats' play is that everybody who believes in America is some sort of fringe lunatic. I don't think it's going to work out Well, you know what? You can only say it so many times. People are like, well, no, that's not right. Well, not only that, I mean, why would you denigrate a half of America? But I mean, isn't that their playbook that, you know, let's divide and conquer. Let's make them out to be the crazies. And, you know, when you talk about the influx of immigration, a hospital in Denver may collapse uh, due to $130 million in debt. That's from illegals, illegals that we are taking care of. And Americans are outside waiting in line, paying for their own health care while we're giving illegals free health and this 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 hospital in denver they said it's a crucial moment due to unexpected costs associated with immigration and while they they there's a quote i have tremendous compassion for what's going on it's heartbreaking it's going to break our hospital i mean you know joe biden and i gotta tell you laura tell me if i'm wrong on this one laura trump uh you know if joe biden now wants to turn around and do something about immigration uh, you know, then he's going to run and say, oh, I it's not my fault. Uh, you know, I, I handled it right. You think America will forget the mess that we're in? Uh, I certainly hope not. I hope they don't forget that the borders are as insulting as that is to Americans. Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United <laughs> States, hasn't even gone to the southern border. This is insanity. What is going on? But you said it in the beginning of, of what you just started talking about. Their goal is to divide their goal is to to distract because the truth is if they actually had anything to run on if they had achieved anything positive for the american people then that's what you run on for a second term in the white house they don't have it they have utterly destroyed this country and by result they are destroying the rest of the world if america is the leader of the free world What happens whenever we no longer have our strength? And you're seeing it all across the world right now. 
the, the Democrats have nothing. And so their goal is to divide. Their goal is to try and attack Donald Trump and anyone who supports him. But I think people are smart. And I think if anything over the past three years happened, that is positive. It is that it, it, it really allowed people to see what you get whenever you follow the lead of the mainstream media. And they say, vote for this guy. He's got better tweets than the other guy. Look mm-hmm. where we are in this country. Look at how dangerous it is. And I don't think people are buying it anymore. They are bleeding voters on the Democrat side. And I think they know they have a lot to be worried about as we head towards November. Well, they do have a lot to be worried about. And, you know, at the at the impeachment hearing in Congress this past week, uh, there was a woman who came in and the impeachment for uh, uh, Mayorkas, the immigration, the head of immigration. Uh, he, he basically uh, a woman came in and she said that her daughter died of fentanyl poisoning, which, of course, is coming through the southern border. And, uh, you know, I made it a point to say that Joe Biden, the word fentanyl didn't even come off his lips for a year and a half into the administration. But the saddest part, Laura Trump, was yesterday when a woman testified before the congressional hearing on the impeachment of Mayorkas. And she said, my daughter was violently raped. And then she was strangled with an electric cord in her own bed by an MS-13 gang member who was illegal. And, you know, I remember when President Trump was president, he started keeping statistics on the crimes committed by illegals. And then that was totally in Democrat states. They wouldn't keep those numbers. All right. And now, of course, no one is keeping that information. But, you know, the president was not wrong when he talked about the fact that we've got to vet them. We've got to know who is a criminal, who's a pedophile, who is who beats his wife, who's an identity thief. You know, who's a terrorist? I mean, three and a half million people in one year. So it's two and a half million they know of a half million gotaways that they know of and another half million that they don't know of who got away. I mean, how, uh, we we can't sustain this. We can't sustain it. Um, and also, you know, you just talked about the terrorists. Just in the last fiscal year, 169 people on the terror watch list that we know of, Judge, yeah. that, that have come over the southern border. How about the ones we didn't catch? How about the ones we don't yeah, know about? Exactly. All it takes is one person that has bad intentions, who wants to harm Americans, who wants to harm our country, and they can do it. And, and it is so asinine and ridiculous that we are allowing it to happen, that you have the yeah. state of Texas in, in just, I mean, these people are desperate down there for someone to do something. So when the state of Texas says we got to take matters into our own hands, then they catch flack from the federal government. Are you kidding me? You are actively allowing people to break our laws. You are assisting them in many cases in doing it. And it is so detrimental to our country. We cannot in perpetuity allow this to happen. The people coming in, the drugs coming in, the gang members and the terrorists coming in. It's not just that they're coming from south of the United States-Mexico border. They're coming from From every country in the world. Yep. And they know they can do it because now is the time oh, we have to stop. Laura, Laura, I know you have to go in a minute, but uh, this week I read that the Biden administration reduced the number of questions from 40 to 5 for Chinese nationals. So there, you're generally asked 40 questions and the administration intentionally reduced the questions to 5 for Chinese nationals. Then, you know, what you start thinking about is, oh yeah, what about that spycraft? 
kidnapped? And what about the Chinese police departments? What about the Confucius Institutes and the universities? I mean, there is no one other than the former president who's got our back. Last word, because I know you got to go. Absolutely. And people better start getting smart on China. Donald Trump has been calling out China for decades, by the way. That don't don't sleep on China because they are waiting in the wings for their moment to pounce and become the superpower of the world. They are looking at America right now. They are laughing at us. They are intentionally sending things like the spy balloon you just talked about. With by by the way, no repercussions whatsoever. None. They're None. happy to have a lab unleash COVID nineteen on the world with no repercussions whatsoever. When Donald Trump was in office, don't forget about the trade agreements that were historic that we had with China. He put him in his place. He was really on a good path with China, and it was all destroyed when Joe Biden took the office of the presidency. We've got to get Donald Trump back for China, for the Middle East, for Ukraine and Russia, for the United States of America. There is no other president in our lifetime who has done things in such a rapid fashion that have been great for America, like we saw under Donald J. Trump. I'll tell you, Judge, it's why you're going to see all of us in New Hampshire coming up next week. It's why we'll be in Nevada. We'll be in South Carolina. And hopefully by then we will see that Donald Trump is officially the Republican nominee. Everybody else, don't waste your time. Get out of this race. Let's go forward to November 5th. Let's win this one. And let's ensure Donald Trump becomes the 47th president. Amen, Laura Trump. We love you. We love having you on the uh, Tunnel to Tower show. Thank you so much for being with us. Laura Trump, everybody. She is smart. She is savvy. And uh, follow her on the right view. All right. Never forget, that's a commitment we made on 9-11. Honor it by donating $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. It's the Judge Janine Show. This is the Janine Bureau Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Bureau. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is retired Lieutenant General in the United States Army, former National Security Advisor. Please join me in welcoming General Keith Kellogg to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Now, um, you've seen uh, General Kellogg on Fox. He's been on the show before. Uh, I brought him on today, and I brought you on today, General, because I'm really worried now. Uh, and, you know, first of all, why did it take so long for the Biden administration to call the Houthis a terror uh, organization? Yeah, Judge, thanks for having me. Look, uh, you know, this is really just a, a mess. But Houthis, you know, the Houthis are really tribal in nature, and they're getting all their support from Iran. We recognize that in, in the last administration, we designated them an FTO, a foreign terrorist organization. It's had a lot of restrictions on it. Within one day after the Biden administration coming in, they took that designation off. Why? Why? General, why? Well, I think they were saying that, well, let's try to handle this, which they always do, but we're going to talk to them. You can't talk to these guys at all. I know that. I'm not in the military. Why would they do that? Well, you know, 
Philly, I'm saying naive is, is probably a nice way to put it. They just do not have a strategic grasp of what the heck's happening globally, just not in the Middle East, but with China and with what's happening in Ukraine and Russia as well. But let me just, here's the finishing point. So they come back and they say, well, they've redeclared them a foreign terrorist organization. No, they haven't. I said, this is the, this is the kicker. This kind of shows what they're, what they're doing. They're not an FTO. They designated in something called an SDGT. Which basically is is a lesser designation of an FTO, and it's just it's amazing to me they did that. Um, okay, so you don't say you're not serious about it. What does STDT stand for? Well, Sounds like a venereal disease. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. Yeah, let it go. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, it's specially designated global terrorist organization, but there's a lot of less restrictions on it. If you're going to go there, go to an FTO. And it's a classic example of them pulling the Biden administration, pulling their punch, and they're sending a signal. They're sending a signal to everybody that they're unserious judge about what's happening in the Middle East. And so what you get from that, you get from their state sponsor, which is Iran, becoming incredibly emboldened because they're saying, you know, the United States is a paper tiger. We're going to keep yep. doing this. And so what happens is they keep attacking the ships in the Red Sea. And, and here's where, when you look at the shipping, and this is a real tell. So you've got these major shipping lines. You've got the Mediterranean shipping, which is the largest in the world, Hapag Lloyd. You've got Maersk, the number two in the world, all deciding to go pull those ships out of the Red Sea and put them around Africa, the Cape of Good Hope. What they're basically doing, they're voting with their fleets. They're basically saying, we do not trust you, United States of America. We don't think you can control this. We don't think you want to control it. And all this talk about us putting together a task force called Prosperity Guardian, it's oh, been there please. for a year and a half. It's a, yep. it's a joke. So yep. I get frustrated because they sell this to the American people. And everybody says, oh, look, they're declaring them a terrorist organization or, or we're attacking the pinpoint targets. No, they're not doing anything because Biden was asked that yesterday. Are the Houthis going to continue to attack? He said, yes, they are. And we're going to keep responding. That's not how you do it. You super escalate. You, you create a situation where everybody is very uncomfortable to include yourselves about the action that you take. Example, when we went after Soleimani and killed him, we realized there was some risk, not a gamble, but there was risks involved. But we decided to take it because we knew it would put it back on their heels. And it did. And that's how right. the kind of action you have to take. All right. General Keith Kellogg, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, I'm very concerned about what's going on. You know, I think what happens is Americans tend to kind of, you know, tune out on this stuff, thinking that, you know, it's in another part of the world. But I'm very concerned for for us. And I'm very concerned about the fact that uh, it couldn't get a lot closer than it is right now. So, uh, General Kellogg, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks, Judge. Thanks for having me. You take care. All right. And everyone, never forget, that's the promise we made. Join the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on its mission to do good in honor of America's heroes. Come on, aren't you tired of hearing me say this? Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. These are the people that we're talking about. I was just talking about with General Keith Kellogg. These are the ones who are taking the hits for us. Anyway, God bless. Okay, everyone, now it's time for me to gavel out with my closing argument. You know, uh, we heard from three great guests today. Uh, I, I'm telling you, folks, I, I'm not comfortable with this, but I'm very worried about what's going on in the Middle East. 
uh, you know, with the Houthis emboldened, along with Hamas, along with Hezbollah in uh, uh, in northern Israel, uh, I, I fear, especially based on the conversation we just had with General Kellogg, uh, a uh, an increase in the uh, in the fighting over there. Uh, and speaking of fighting, you know, we've got we've got a very important case. You heard from the attorney Steve Razor on the Danny Penny case. That is a case I think will set the tone for Americans and whether or not they even want to get involved in helping other people, protecting other people, being good Samaritans. Uh, and it's really is a shame what's happened to that Marine Danny Penny. Uh, and finally, uh, we'll be able to look uh, tomorrow to New Hampshire and the primary there. Right now, Donald Trump is ahead. Uh, uh, we've got uh, Ron DeSantis is like less than 6%. Nikki Haley's still in there. Everyone is wondering why she's still in there. It's time for the Republicans to act like the Democrats circle the wagon around one candidate and go for it. I don't think we've ever needed. The former President Donald Trump, the way we need him right now. It is uh, a nightmare right now in this country with crime, with the administration doing everything it can to suppress free speech. And I'm talking about what happened in the 2020 election and now banks at the behest of the uh, uh, of the Biden administration sending your bank information to the uh to the Department of Justice, it is a frightening scenario. But we've got a lot of time to talk about that going forward. And because we're out of time, and join us right back here next week, same time, same place for the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.